0: Hi everyone, hello Jade Prince audience. <laughs> I'm here with Jade, and I am interviewing Jade today. How are you, Jade?
1: I, I feel very flippant to be interviewed for a change. I get now I'm nervous. What's happening?
0: <laughs> I want to say. Now, at the very start, that uh, Jane is one of the reasons I actually got into the entrepreneur world in the first place. Aww. Thank you, Jane. Through a Bar and Social Entrepreneur,
1: yes, event,
0: and then through pushing me into iLab. <laughs> it all kick-started uh, everything for me.
1: Wow, I didn't realize that that was the very start of your your yeah. journey.
0: You know, I was a freelancer, but I wasn't in the entrepreneur mindset. Yeah so that started all that it amazing thank you so uh, you guys already know but uh, jade uh, has done a lot of things in life <laughs> from uh, being the ceo of a modeling and promotional agency for racing cars uh, racing competitions uh yeah. worked in recruitment and sales and as a coach and a speaker now also played soft rugby and american football <laughs> 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 and yeah, your training uh, goes through Dell Carnegie and iLab, Valley and the Entourage, all big names. So the f- first thing I want to talk with you is, can you, can you tell us, talk to us about thriving rather than survive?
1: Ah, lovely. So I think that really comes down to what people's perception is, right? And often we can delude ourselves that we're thriving because we have all of the shiny things and, you know, we have the, I do have a lovely view, we have a nice view or we have like the beautiful car, but maybe we're up to our eyeballs in debt and enslaved and really we're grinding just to keep up with the Joneses and to, you know, all the things that we should, the, the keeping up with the perception of what success should be rather than dropping into what really matters to us at a soul level and what makes us happy. And I think it's the thriving part isn't about the amount of money that you make and what your bank balance is or, you know, how shiny your car is and how big your house is and what sort of brand is on your purse. The thriving for me really comes to when you feel like every day you're in flow Okay, maybe not every day, but the majority of the days so that you're in flow, that you are working on something that is meaningful to you and that excites you. Like you wake up in the morning and you're not like, oh fuck, my life gonna get up. Mm. It's it's like okay. Like nine days out of ten, you know, every now and then we're gonna have the, the days, but you're like, I wanna get up, I want I'm excited to work on this, I have enough money to live the lifestyle that I genuinely want to live.
0: There's a lot of elements that come into that. One of them is what actual job you're doing. Mm-hmm. Do you like what you're doing? But another one is, how are you doing it? Yeah. Are you overwhelmed? And then finally this, uh, is it making enough money? Yeah. Even if you do like it, etc. cetera. Yeah. So there's a lot of elements, uh, elements to it. Let's first talk about purpose. Mm-hmm. Let's first talk about how How do you find what you want to do? Let's say you're a person, you already reached 30, 35-year-olds, and you still don't know what you want to do, Yeah. where do you start?
1: Well, see, this is a really important thing because so many of us kind of get to the mid thirties and start having an early midlife crisis or an identity crisis, or you wake up one day and you're just like, "This is, I have all of the things that I should have and the success I should have. I've got, I've got the degree or the double degree, and I've, you know, I've got the the wife or the husband and the kids and the this and the that, and I've got everything that I've set out to do, but I'm not happy, or." you're you're still floating around going everyone else has found a purpose why don't i have a purpose why where what am i missing and you kind of feel lost so there's kind of the both sides of the coin that can happen there and i think that a few people have heard of ikigai and we can put some links to some ikigai training but the, the the kind of step before that really is i think learning how to recognize your programming from the culture scape so your programming from the culture scape is like what you've had indoctrinated into you from education or family or religion or governments or the culture around you and it's kind of like what you've been told you should believe or what should be success or what you should do and like you when you start to go oh what, what, what's real for me and starting to go, okay, well, I've made those decisions based on the the culture scape, or sometimes the people that are floating on my middle fingers to the man of the culture scape, but you haven't figured out where is the middle ground. And so it's about figuring out where that programming is and being able to recognize it when you're making decisions or setting goals and being able to, this is all Mind Valley sort of stuff, um, not set goals and it means goals, like a means to an end, figuring out what the actual end goal is and yeah. reverse engineering your your life from there.
0: Goal as in what your life's going to look like? Or... Yeah,
1: and, and even like the little bits of, of life, like see people set goals to get a degree or to get a certain career or to get married by a certain time or buy a car or a house and a lot of the times when they look at it, the goal that they've set is based on I should do that because that at my age, at my age, I should be married with kids and I should have a this and I should drive that type of car and that's what success looks like. Or it's I want to buy this so that I feel successful or so that I can get this. And that's what we call a, a means to an end. Whereas if we can focus on what's the end goal, like what, what really makes you happy? So there's a bit of deep work that you need to do to get in touch with what actually makes you happy. And there's a great book by Oprah called What I Know For Sure and you sit and you and you and you figure out what do you know for sure truly makes you happy and when you when you look at it sometimes for some people it is driving cars and having a that feeling of driving a car and therefore like for me the lotus i loved that thing loved it because i absolutely love driving because we didn't have a car growing up and the feeling for me of changing gears and revving it out like it could do 80 in first gear and the the way it handled the corner it bounced along the road and everyone else thought it was retarded and like super impractical and uncomfortable but for me it wasn't, I actually got embarrassed about how bright it was and how sports car was and how I judged I got based on what it looked like but for me it was that feeling of driving it so when you go that, okay what I know for sure is I love that feeling fine, buy the car but if you're buying the car to make yourself look successful or um, to stroke your ego or to get looked at, not, not really the thing to
0: do. But if, if you're – so you don't have a clue, you're just searching for your purpose, yep. start with what you love.
1: Start with what you love. Really figure out what brings you joy. Like what do you value in life and work backwards from there. So if, if you value human connection – then you can start thinking about how can I build a life, how can I build a career and a, a way to make money that's based around the human connection,
0: mm.
1: that's based around my values, that that is gonna light me up. So you need to get I say, I had a couple of posts saying like stop being stop trying to be the best version of yourself. Now, a bit tongue-in-cheek. Yes, try to be the best version of yourself, but the problem is people don't figure out what the best version of themself is and who they are first. Yeah, I want
0: to touch back on this thing you said, pro- programming, all these different programs are running in the background of our subconscious. Uh, there's so many different ones. Like you were talking about things society tell us we should be at whatever we should reach at whatever age, etc. Mm. But I've seen different types of programming, for example, spiritual programming where mm. uh, uh, it's too hard to actually act and get into the 3D strategizing, rationalizing part of all of this. And so you end up uh, thinking that you just have to, um, I don't know, you're active in the 5D instead of a 3D, yeah. like all that kind of programming exists as well. I'm just want to point out that there's so many different so kinds many of programming.
1: As, and it's interesting when you talk about the spiritual, there's like this spiritual paradox as well that people get programmed that if you have money you're evil or bad or you're capitalistic or as well. yeah. um and and so people get trapped that they they start feeling guilty or self sabotaging and not achieving the wealth that they should have because there's this underlying belief that it's evil or negative or it makes you a bad person or yeah, all the, of these things.
0: There's this whole set yeah. of beliefs that you have to look at when you start all this.
1: Yeah. So I think the key the, the key thing for what you're saying there is you've got to figure out what your own actual beliefs are when tapping into who you are at a soul level like trying to shed and recognize oh I got that idea or I got that belief from this and then asking yourself do I actually believe that does it is make that me true feel for good? me does it does it make me feel good or
0: is it working is it,
1: Is it working for me yeah. does it feel like a rub or have I just been doing it because or and when and when I do it do I feel good about it? And would I want to teach that to a mini human?
0: Mm. Would
1: I want somebody else to embody that and feel that? So if you can have those check-ins, and it, it's journaling's a great way to do it. Um, there's another book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, by Vishen Lakhiani from Mind Valley. That's got some great um, sections in there. It's what we teach in the Mind Valley seminars about like understanding the culture scape and the stages and states of consciousness and the um, bullshit rules of society and the means goals versus end goals just sit and do the exercises and check in with yourself once you've got that then you can look at okay well what's my actual skills and not, not your physical. Step. yeah that's the second step so it doesn't have to be the skills that you've already learned in terms of the tangible skills but we look at we if you've been in our community a bit you know the wealth dynamic systems and the profiling of what your natural um tendencies are for for you like are you a data driven person detail orientated or are you a people person a star star, an ideas person or a someone that's great at setting the timing and once you can figure out okay this is kind of my base level natural energy type this is where i'm good at you can go and relearn doesn't matter what age you can go and relearn hard skills once you know what alignment is for you to your underlying personality trait skill hmm. um so once you've got that then you can go okay well what skills do I already have that I might want to lean on that could marry up or where do I go get new skills to like that I know that I could use and then once you've got all that you take the next step and start really looking at what do you stand for and stand against what's your what are you really willing to go to back for what are you passionate about what difference do you want to make in the world or you know, what legacy I do you want to that leave?
0: That's good question. Is, who do I want to help? Who
1: do I want to help is a perfect one.
0: It's easy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Who do I want to serve? Yeah. I, I say really basic to entrepreneurs. You get to wake up every single day and choose who your clients are. A, choose wisely. That's why I love you. And, <laughs> and, and B, like, go and design it. You get to choose. Like, as an entrepreneur, you choose who your clients are. So... Go about it and go, okay, who do I want to help? Who do I want to serve? Who do I want to interact with every day? Who would, who would benefit from my genius? And what would light me up? Because once you once you get that, they say you never work a day in your life if you love what you do. I, wow. I, like, you know, one of my other clients is arriving tomorrow, like coming to stay here for the next three days to work. Like, because we we become great friends. Like, that's the level, like, isn't that the interaction you want to have?
0: It's a very very different story. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And in doing that work, you have to define those values, Mm -hmm. and then you have to stay aligned. Yes. What do you have to do to stay aligned?
1: Ah, great question. So we take the... So there's two things. There's your personal values, and if you're building a business, I talk about having virtues rather than values, because I believe that your values are your beliefs and who you are, and we can't ever force somebody else to have our values. Yeah. Like you can't, like if you tell me I have to live by these values, I'm like, they're not my values. There's there's a disconnect, and there's I'm not going to buy into it because they're not my beliefs, and you can't force me to believe that. So there's two two sides of this. There's you you understand what your personal values are and your company virtues should be born from that because you have to live it, breathe it, embody it so that people can follow it and replicate it and model it. And then your company virtues, which you set um, that people live into and um, because it's a definition that's slightly different, it's easier for people to model and, and step into. But if we talk about values and personal values and how you stay aligned, it again is don't, don't throw words on a wall. Um, we, we talked about like when you build websites, like sometimes people are like, Oh, I want to put this on there because it sounds good and it's marketing and it's it's a whole bunch of bullshit. Um, often people say when you ask them what their values are, Oh, integrity, and loyalty. I'm like, you broke up with your last partner because you cheated on him. I don't see no integrity and loyalty there. (laughs) Like this is bullshit. Yeah. Right. So,
0: so what practices do you have in place to yeah. make sure you stay value aligned So, virtue aligned
1: The first thing is being fucking honest with yourself about what you really, what you really do yeah. value, and don't don't kid yourself if it's not something you really are willing to put a line in the sand for. So maybe
0: maybe choose a top three or something because
1: three, yeah, three to five, like whatever feels really really true to you. Yeah. I do an exercise where. We, I ask a lot of, a lot of questions to people like, you know, um, just first, first question is literally what, what are your values? Get those down. Okay. What do you value in your friends? What character traits, what, yeah. what beliefs? Okay, cool. Where would you stop dealing with a friend? And then this is how you, you stay in alignment. Like if you put this down, that okay, I would not be friends with someone that's like this. Okay. Then fucking walk your talk. Don't be friends with them. Go break up with them. Boundaries. <clears throat> boundaries but be just being honest because you're, you know sometimes you stay friends with someone to be nice or something and you, there's actually the value disalignment and it feels like a chore to hang out with them and you probably feel dirty afterwards and you don't feel good and that's an energy suck and that's going to permeate everything else you do so once you've got your core values or virtues it's about going what's acceptable and what's not acceptable so I I like to have four levels if it's work it's a fireable offense like if anyone that be- behaves like this which is the complete opposite to the value of virtue you're not for us we don't hire you we fire you it goes for friends break up with friends like you're fired as a friend you're fired as a boyfriend if you
0: are this disaligned non-negotiable
1: non-negotiables this is the yeah. line in the sand then you have your your caution ground it's like my, you, you have to have a conversation about it and then make your judgment call and. You know, see see where you where you sit. Then you've got your. This is the base level. This is my base standard of I can deal with this. And then I like to have what we're striving for. So like if, if this if this is about say health is the value, the the baseline is I don't eat like 90% of the time sugar preservatives processed shit food. But then the the striving for might be four alcohol-free days a week and never eating this, like, I never eat McDonald's, like, I didn't, like, i fucking start, like, chances of me starving before eating McDonald's, high, unless I've failed on one of my six-week get-shit-done plans, and the penalty is I have to eat McDonald's, and then I have so, to do your it. That's That's my punishment, it's like death, but that, do you see what I mean, like, you've yeah, got, absolutely. and so you've always got something you're striving for, and once you've got that written down, it's easy to check in with yourself, am I living this? When you're running it with teams, you can be asked, like, "Are we living this? How How are we going to strive to this virtue this week? How are we going to be more planet plus this week? How can we be more human centric? Okay, what are the things? And you're, you're constantly asking the question. Like yeah, that's the practice.
0: Every week, reinstating the vision, reinstating the values, yeah. making them more real.
1: Yeah. Having them like visuals, so you will have seen like when I sign off on my emails or even on some of my socials, I don't sign off warm regards or best regards. It's live, love, laugh, lead, learn. They're my values. And I can't write them without asking myself, am I embodying this?
0: Right. So actually, let's talk about this. Incoherence between words and actions. Yeah. What's the cost on yourself when you're not coherent? Oh. And what's the cost... For your clients or partners, etc., when you're not coherent.
1: Yeah, so I think when you're, I might get you to define what your version of
0: coherent is. Well, if what you say doesn't match what you yeah. do.
1: Yeah, so you're out of alignment. Um. Yeah, you're not cohesive with what's happening. So you, I, I feel like it's turmoil. So I was preaching the lifestyle of of trying to not grind to yourself to death, but then was kind of not living that. Like I was back in, I got caught myself back in hustle mode and the anxiety that I'd wake up with in the morning, it it took a bit of journaling to figure out where the rub was. And it was like, holy shit, it's because I'm not living what I teach. I need to do something about it. So you'll start to feel when you're out of alignment. A, it feels icky. You write it in your life. I don't believe that. You, you, there's that voice in your head. It's like, oh, you do fucking, you fucking don't believe that. You don't do that. Or you, <sighs> you that that's
0: not true. It's not exactly it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And or you feel icky. You feel that pit in your stomach or that anxiety. It's like I said, when you go to catch up with a friend or you say yes to doing something, and the whole time you're just going, I just want to die. So, I hope my car has a flat tire. I something, something horrific is going to happen so I don't have to be there and then you realise and then you're welcoming that from the universe like the, the negative to, to stop you from breaking your value
0: so then the negative starts happening then the you. negative
1: starts happening to you
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I think when you're out of alignment with your true values if you really do stand for them you, you, you feel it but things start to go wrong because you self-sabotage because you know that it's not it's not serving your higher self. And then you, you, if you look at it, you'll realize the patterns.
0: And as we were talking briefly before, there's a toll on your clients and partners as well oh, word of mouth. People realize that yeah. what you say doesn't match what you do.
1: hundred percent. If, if you've got words on your website or you preach that you do this thing and all they see is you do this other thing. Yeah. The, the, it, it's, it's what instantly dis breaks the trust. And every relationship is built on trust. Client relationships are based on trust. You break that trust, you're done. There's nothing left Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to rebuild it and that, that integrity. And this is the biggest thing they say with like building cultures, whether that's cultures internally with your teams, but cultures with your clients and that, that loyal following the members and that.
0: Very important for a leader no? Ah, oh. That integrity of yeah. doing what you say
1: Yes, there's a great book that I, I'm reading and I am dragging so much out of for teaching the culture uh, pieces to building teams right now. And it's called What You Do Is Who You Are uh, by Ben, I think it's Horowitz, don't quote me, but he also wrote The Hard Things About, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, mm. which is an amazing book for leaders as well. And it really is if you, what you're doing is who you are, And if if you are saying one thing and doing another, you've got nothing with your team.
0: Right, I I don't remember the name of the study, but Google did a study where they tried to figure out which were the better performing teams, and they spent, I don't remember how many millions, but it was a really high number, and they couldn't figure it out. Eventually, they ran through it again and figured out that the only thing that made a difference was the attitude of the team leaders in providing a framework in which the team would feel safe to express themselves, yep. to say their real opinion, to mm-hmm. exchange and not feel judged, etc. cetera.
1: Yeah. So that kind of ties back to some of Brene Brown's work. So the, the, the super high-performing teams feel safe to be vulnerable. Because if you want teams to be creative, even coders, developers, and things like that, they need to feel that it's safe to bring their ideas. It's safe to, to fail at something to share their opinion, to share their voice, because if they feel like they're going to be judged or shut down, the creativity goes. The the teams that are most productive and the happiest, which happiness is the greatest hack to productivity and profitability, the happiest teams are the ones that feel like their teammates and their leaders hear and see them, that Mm -hmm. there is the trust that they're able to share openly and that they are actually cared about as a human being not just the work that they put out and think about that in every relationship in the world like if you don't have that in your intimate relationship how shit does that feel Mm. if you don't have that with a sibling like you end up estranged
0: right i come from france as you know and uh i've worked in a few corporates in france the I'd say that the work landscape, the words, the work culture in France isn't great. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure. People don't treat each other very well. Mm-hmm. There's not really that feeling of safety in a lot of companies in mm-hmm. France, and there's a lot of economical pressure as well. Yeah. Uh, when I arrived in the area, in Australia, it was more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Culturally, it is more relaxed in yeah. general. But the work l- landscape, uh, in general, was a lot people treated each other a little bit better here. And it's true that there's a lot more creativity happening, like um, freedom to try new things Mm -hmm. anyway. Uh, What's the difference, what's the emotional, the mental, emotional cost of not loving your job? Oh,
1: burnout, for sure. Um, But for me, the reason why I say that I want to Enable six thousand humans to be happier at work by twenty twenty four, is because of the ripple effect. So, think about it. We spend the majority of our time working, and your mood. Most people don't know how to have the third space or disconnect from what's happened during the day to what they take into their personal life. Mm. And so,
0: that's a hard one.
1: But yeah, totally, we've done we did a whole podcast around that. Um, but the. The person who is stressed, anxiety, hating their job, there's the rub, there may be value disalignment, the stored up anger or resentment or dis-ease, then comes back into their orbit. So every person around them, the little kid that tugs on dad's jumper and just wants to play and gets snapped at, like the, the husband and wife at each other because they've both had bad days and they just haven't had a chance to vent or they, they don't understand where this ball of negative energy is coming from it's it's got to go somewhere so the cost is is not only on the own person's um energy and psyche and mental health but it's everyone around them but you heard me say the word like the the this disease in your in your body yeah turns into a disease yeah in your outlook. people i i on a controversial polarizing as far as is gonna be but i believe jobs died because it was his only way out Steve Jobs. Yeah. So when he died, he he the thing he regretted was not having his connection and his family. He he built this amazing thing, but he would missed out on this like the other part of life. And when you when you aren't balanced, your soul will find a way for you to come back and have another crack at it.
0: Yeah. So that's a whole topic in <laughs> itself. The the, the work life balance. Some mm. people don't even really like the term. But it's true that you have to find time. I prefer harmony. Yeah. However you put it, you need to have time for different parts of your life. Yeah. And that's never the same, especially if you're very passionate or a bit addictive.
1: Yeah. You have a
0: personality to, to what you do.
1: And again, this comes back to doing the work and figuring out what is your actual core driver. So, are you are you addicted to doing it because you're chasing the success? Because actually, all you really want is love and acceptance, and you don't feel enough. And you feel like the only way you're going to get there is by making this fucking amazing thing. Yeah. And if you could get rid of all your baggage and your shit, and welcome in the love, yes, you could still born birth something cool. But but have both sides filled. Um, so that's that's again finding out what hey sorting out what your shit is. Figuring, being honest with yourself, looking at your shit, understanding what your baggage is, and trying to find out well, there's that angle. Why Why am I addicted to doing this? Why am I driving so hard to do that? Yep. Am I actually seeking validation, significance, being enough, love?
0: And that's, that's a very interesting point, and I don't have the answer, but we... I definitely
1: won't have the answer. <laughs> yeah.
0: But we're always talking about uh... You know, find your purpose, find your mission, and then people do, and then, you're like, oh, you're, you're trying too hard, you're just seeking validation, you know, like, like yeah, why well, do you do what you do, and why do you try so hard?
1: I'd say the people that have that said to them, there is some disalignment, the people around them are seeing something out of alignment, they're saying one thing, and displaying another, so they, so we see this a lot with, polarizing again, so people that want to have an impact, and the and the, um, the, the social side of things, but the way they actually de- behave isn't around that. And the metrics they measure is around the money, not the actual impacts. Or mm. the, the when they interact with people in general, doesn't actually align with what they're saying. Like, oh yeah, I, I, I send money to India and I do all this, but in their own circle, they wouldn't even go and help their friend move house. You're like, right. uh, you're full of shit. Um, so th- that, that's usually said when there is there's something that's not not aligned with the words and, and the behaviors. Um, but also, again, it's about did they is that purpose really their purpose or is it something they've latched on to coming back again to what is the real reason why you want to achieve it? is that a true reason for you? And I think that you don't have to have exactly the balance thing in terms of I, I believe that we're still here having a human experience and we didn't come here just to grind under fluorescent lights and I want to have balance. But, yeah. but that's I look at my values and I go, I value family mm. time. And so I now sacrifice days of work to spend time with family mm. because I know that I will be pissed off at myself that, yeah, I might have another hundred grand in the bank at the end of the year. But if I missed out on the, say, 40 days that I could have spent with my nephews, is the 100 grand really worth it?
0: Related topic. I interviewed, I got to have a conversation with Carolyn Miss. You know Carolyn Miss? Mm. Uh, New York bestseller five times in the esoteric conversation. Yeah. And I got to ask her one question. Does everyone have a calling? And her answer was definitely not generic. Mm-hmm. She was. She said absolutely not. I agree. She said there's three types of people. Big bunch of people will not have a calling just because they don't want to have the responsibility mm-hmm. that goes with the calling. And then there's people who uh, try very hard and fi- uh, just fixate goals artificially mm-hmm. and then there's a very small fraction that will go beyond some kind of self-suggestion of a, of a mm-hmm. purpose and will be more listening she yeah. called it listening yeah to a purpose listening being guided yeah i still haven't made my mind <laughs> uh, and whatever i thought just the answer was really interesting
1: yeah uh, so what i was going to say to you before when we were talking about the, the finding your purpose some people's purpose in life could be just to come and have a certain experience, right? So it's about, it's like really woo woo. Um, if anyone's read Journey of Souls, uh, understanding what your soul agreement was and what why you're why you're in this meat suit on this timeline, uh, doing this journey. What did you come here to learn? What's the what are you? What's your soul looking for to ascend to the next level? And it could be the purpose might be to be the best mum you could de- be. Mm. Or the best dad you could be, yeah. or to learn because maybe in the last life all you did was hustle and just grind and grind and grind. Maybe this time you're just here to be a passenger and and have the time to float around and check out the sky. And you know, it, it everybody's purpose for this lifetime can be different, and that doesn't mean that your purpose needs to be about building right. an empire or a business. Or a movement. And, and
0: no one can tell you.
1: Nobody has the right to tell you.
0: Yeah. You're the only person who can feel yeah. feel it.
1: Yeah. And that's why I say you've got to go and spend that time to check in with yourself. Where are you taking it from? What you should do? And just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. But like you might have yeah. the skills. You might have the ability. That's a
0: big one for, for me, actually. Yeah. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it.
1: Yeah. And I screwed off for the last year doing a whole bunch of shit that I can do, mm. which took me away from what I really... I believe I'm here to do but it was like oh well I can do it so I should do it and I want to be a service and shiny things
0: right
1: um, and like someone recommends it and you're like, oh yeah but it's you've got to do constant check-ins with yourself like is this really my path do I really believe this does it really serve me does it bring me joy and it's constant it's constant, constant yeah and it's really hard to to not feel the pressure of like what other people think you should do or what the level of success are or, you know, for me, sometimes I pull out of um, some of the coaching groups I'm in that I pay to be in because I find myself starting to judge myself and my path or my progress or my success based on what they're having and doing. And when I get into that state, I pull back because I'm like I don't want to be coming from that space of com- competition or um, ego in a certain way or um, I, uh, kind of the alpha energy, the masculine energy and the judgment upon myself. And I have to pull back to check back in with myself about, hold on, I don't want to be running off and doing all of this stuff just to get the the sales they got or the amount of members they yeah, have. yeah, yeah. And because when I do that, set the social status, because I, I might end up, well, at one stage, I ended up uh, targeting an audience that I knew was low hanging fruit, like that, that I could easily serve, that would buy things. But it, but when I looked at it, it's not the people I really like, it wasn't going to allow me to have the impact that I wanted to have. And I was helping in an area that I didn't really feel made that much of a difference and I was doing it just to make bank under the guise of, I was only helping like good people. Yeah. But it wasn't going to have the impact that I wanted to have.
0: Sometimes it's hard to to say, sorry, I can't goodbye. I love you, but I can't do this thing.
1: Yeah. For me now to say no to like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not just taking on clients to teach LinkedIn strategy and build your personal brand like it's easy money effectively it's it's and i can do it half asleep and i love it but now i go actually every time i say yes to that i say no to helping someone build a team of happier humans be more
0: productive and more profitable and have the impact that's the thing we have a limited amount of time at some point you max out your schedule
1: yeah And everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. So you have to ask yourself, is, am I willing to say no to
0: this? Hmm. Let's, uh, segue a little bit. What's the difference between being an employee and being an entrepreneur? Ooh. Well, I think it's a mindset
1: really, because I was an employee, um, in the first recruitment company that I worked in and I, 100% 100% acted as an entrepreneur. So I'd come from having a couple of businesses myself beforehand and I treated that business as if it was mine. Every decision I made, I worked as hard as if it was for my own, I like our logo was green, everyone would tell you I bled green.
0: Was it because your boss gave you that freedom as well?
1: Uh, my bosses originally told me 10 times I couldn't have a job, main reason being I was a girl, second reason being I didn't have relevant experience and I told them that if they didn't give me a contract in the next five minutes, I was going to go and work for the competitor across the road and steal all their clients and crush them. <laughs> and that I'd run the place within two years. So I came in with a pretty big chip on my shoulder. Um, I proved myself, and then they gave, from proving myself, they gave me the freedom and ultimately let me just do my thing. Um, but it was, it was just always I had that mentality of treat it like it's my own. Like, my, my, my values, the way I operated, the, my work ethic, my ideas of sitting and looking at, okay, how can we make this better? Um, and, and even, I think, like, team members, like, I was competitive as shit. I was always wanted to be the number one. I always wanted to break every record. But I wouldn't do it at the cost of somebody else. And I was always like, how else could I help raise them up? How can I help them have the same success? So I think it's, I think really, and we call it an entrepreneur. I do think it's a mindset around entrepreneurialism is the growth. I think the, the, the growth, the bucking of the system, the looking at the new ways, the willingness to take risks and to push yourself and to, to look at how things could be done better.
0: Um, I think like I was having this conversation with my sister the other day about purpose, about finding your way. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to tell her, you don't necessarily have to build a business. No, If you find a structure that does something that you find meaningful and purposeful, you can join that structure. Yes. And there's pros and cons to being an employee and the pros and cons to being your own, the founder of your own structure.
1: 100%. I, um, one thing I've been on a rant about before is it's again, it's Instagram has made people feel like to be successful, you have to be an entrepreneur and like everyone's got to be an entrepreneur, everyone's got to make their own business and that's the mark of success. And I just think that's absolute bullshit. Like that's not everyone's path. especially even if you look like we talked about the wealth dynamics um, profiles, that's not the profile of everyone. Some people are supporters. Some like some of the, some of the people that have made the most impact in the world is because they've had a visionary, but they've been given the freedom to get in and do what only they can do and to turn up the dials and to innovate and They just need that spark of an idea that they can then turn into reality. And I don't think anyone should ever be judged because they're an employee versus a business owner. And this is a great, actually great conversation because one of my clients, really the contact that, actually with a lot of my clients, the contact that I deal with is actually not the business owner. It's the second in command. And they absolutely, with a few of them, I would say work harder and probably care even more than what the business owner does mm. and they're doing it because they believe like the one or was you guys like can just believe so much in the impact that that business can have on people how they can help how they can serve the product that they're putting out the difference they're going to make in the industry and and i said to him he's run his own businesses multiple businesses before i said so why i'm trying to diagnose like I've got to give advice on the team structure and all that I'm like you know, risk mitigation we're going to lose you to something your own thing like how do I make sure that we've got all the bases covered for the business I'm like why are you doing this instead of doing your own business because we're you're on track to make to build a business to five million this year and you could be doing pretty much that for yourself but you're doing it as an employee why and he said because I've like, he just absolutely believes so much in what the what the impact is and what the mission is of the business and how they can serve. And he's like, I didn't have this background of the industry we're serving. I came from this different background. So I could never do that because I don't have the credibility. I don't really know the ins and outs. Like, I don't have that part. But I've turned down jobs for 350 grand. i have turned down um, opportunities to go and do things. I've turned down starting my own businesses or acquiring them because – I just love this.
0: Right. Now, speaking about being a founder, being an entrepreneur, I would say it might be wrong. You have a lot more experience than I do in this, but there's a different kind of growth that needs to happen Mm -hmm. to be a founder, an entrepreneur. You need to kick your own ass much more. Oh, Yeah. And you need to learn the practices, the rituals, to be able to kick your own ass every week. Could you speak about that? Yeah.
1: So I think let's just define the word entrepreneur a little bit more. A lot, like technically the word entrepreneur is you make your own living. Um, but a lot of people think more of an entrepreneur, <laughs> depends. Some people think of it as some, some dude on a laptop selling MLM in the DMs on Facebook um, and it's got a bad name on that side. Other people see entrepreneur as the word like Elon Musk creating a difference in the world and building, um, building something for people to follow. So... I would say entrepreneur, business owner, some, um, somebody who owns an actual business that is scaling, uh, giving a livelihood to other people, contributing back to the society, contributing back to their economy and um, helping other humans to rise and, and giving them a, a livelihood would be what I would say is an entrepreneur or a business owner. And to, to really be that person, yeah, you've got to kick your own fucking ass. You need to have extreme ownership. Another great book by Jaco Willie. Willie, I can never get his name. Jaco, extreme ownership. Get on it. Um, You need to be able to realize when you are the problem. You need to know when you're the common denominator. You need to be, you need to find people in your circle that will call you on your shit. That Mm. will, and and you're not gonna give them a spray for it. Like you're gonna welcome being called on your shit. Because sometimes when you're in the spiral, You can't see it. You need someone to like, hey, honey, (laughs) this is you. (laughs) You are causing this. You need So someone that can point out when you're self-sabotaging. Be able to do the work to know when you are self-sabotaging or when it's a living belief that's holding you back. Um, You need to be able to manage yourself. And you heard as you came in, I was talking to another client saying, yeah, you've definitely, like, you just hit burnout. I've been trying to stop you from hitting burnout, but you wouldn't fucking listen. Burning the candle at both ends and in the middle. Yeah. And now you've splat. Be- because you've got to be able to manage that as well. You're no good to anyone when you go splat. <laughs> so going, okay, I, I need to recognize I've been hustling too hard. I've been grinding too hard. Maybe I'm partying too hard as well. What do I need to do to refill the cup? Where do I need to slow down to be able to speed up? this is a big one for me, I have to work on for myself, knowing when to stop yeah. being busy, being busy and take the time on, to clear.
0: On top of that, I find that you need more determination mm-hmm. than when you're an employee. Yeah. I find that you need to build self-esteem in a way that I've never had mm-hmm. to even think about building the resilience self-esteem. Level. Yeah. And uh, you also need to have a taste for risk-taking.
1: Yes. Hundred percent. So resilience is a really big marker for whether you make it as a founder. Like so how like how quickly you can get yourself back on track after going flat. So after you fall, how fast can you stand back up? And Because like, you are going to fall. Because yeah. if you and if you're not willing to fall, don't get into the business. Yeah. Because the biggest learnings and biggest growths come from the the troughs. So when you when you fall or fail, that's where the be- best learnings come from. And if you and it's about being able to find the learning and the blessing in a bad situation and look at what you can do to keep, delete, or start doing something else, to pivot or to iterate and to, to look at it. Like you've heard me always asking you, like, okay, what worked and what didn't work? What was the learning? What was the blessing? What do we what do we need to take from it? And it saves Taking the time to reflect. If you can take the time to reflect and force yourself because people say, I'm too busy, but forcing yourself at the end of the week to go, what worked and what didn't work and what's the learnings, you will skyrocket your business because you are able to react so much quicker than, say, a three-month review or a six-month review or often business owners don't do any reviews. But if you can honestly look back and go, oh, that client had a really big win or I've got that. What worked about that? How can I turn up the dial on that? How can I make sure we can duplicate that? Or, ooh, someone just was really pissed off, client really upset, something went haywire, a system fucked up, okay, let's backtrack what happened. Right, what do we do to mitigate that risk moving forward?
0: There's a big aspect of really strong strategy, strong, being really rational mm. about every step, yeah. and being able to, uh, to learn fast and, and think and schedule and plan Mm. Uh, something that people don't necessarily have uh, as strongly when they're employees. That then you have to develop when you're an entrepreneur. Yeah.
1: So a lot of people become entrepreneurs. They want freedom. Yeah. Right. Freedom. Fuck the world. I don't have to do anything! I can. I do stuff on my own. <laughs> I, I want to go for surf. I want to do this. That's great. You got to earn that shit. You got to earn the right to be able to do that. Like you've got to get your business to the stage that it can operate without you while you're out doing that because if you're just out doing that, nothing's happening in the back end, right? So that's the one thing like, Yeah, often when you're an employee, you get given a structure. Now, that's not often the best way to – they don't often give you the best structure to get the best out of you, but – and that's something you can – I teach clients on how to create structures so that you can work best with the energy types of the profiles of the people so that they can be most in flow. And the the structure is done to suit what's going to get the best out of them rather than a blanket industrial punch card, everyone does this. Um, But as an entrepreneur, putting those bumpers on yourself, making your ideal week, understanding your energy levels and going, when am I actually in peak creativity time? Or when am I in peak this? And forcing yourself to do things like reconciling your bank accounts. There's so many
0: different skill sets involved
1: right but that's discipline because if you don't do it it spirals out of control and then it could bank a it could bankrupt you a it, it could like it it causes more stress than needed that you could have just put a process in and it's about going right yeah you want the freedom but i i don't have it up anymore i have a chalkboard that's usually just over here and it says discipline equals freedom
0: right that's Not, counterintuitive,
1: huh? Yeah. So I think, and I think it might have come from from Jaco's Extreme Ownership book, potentially. And it's about knowing what to be disciplined on. Like I have to be disciplined on having my family time and refilling my cup, or I burn out. And I don't, I don't operate and I don't serve as well because my creativity levels are down, and I end up in anxiety land. So I have to, even though I want to, I'm like, oh, I have all this shit to do it's really hard for me to do the discipline and say, no, I'm doing family day because A, I said I was going to do it. B, I said it's my value. And C, if I don't take the time out, I'm not actually going to be as serving. So discipline can, can be seen both ways. Yep. The discipline of, okay, you said you're going to send 20 partnership proposals. I'm going to do it and get them done.
0: It's funny. It's, this, it's the same way of perceiving it in monasteries. So mm-hmm. they have a very strict schedule in monasteries mm-hmm. and ashrams but they don't see it as a negative. Yeah. They see it as, first of all, your body gets used to rhythms. Mm-hmm. So they are actually have more energy by following yeah. that routine. And then just like you say, they see it as uh, more freedom because they grow really fast yeah. by having that routine.
1: Yeah. When I don't have the structure and the routine, I feel like I'm not in control. I feel anxiety because things are kind of everywhere. Whereas when I push myself into the habits and 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 do my routines, the energy levels are through the roof. She get done way faster, and I just I feel more accomplished, and I and then I feel more happy.
0: The reward, the reward, the reward system, so yeah. important to understand your rewards.
1: Yeah, like but I build into that structure the the reward system and yeah. the downtime. Like I build in surfing time. I build in like I either surf, skate, or gym. So I've got, like depending on the weather, I've got the thing, but it's the thing that that refills my cup.
0: And it's planned. And it's
1: planned, yeah. yeah. I've even got white space time.
0: Some people hate yeah. scheduling, planning. In my experience, there's just a certain level that you reach after which you can not, not have a schedule. Yeah. Not have a plan.
1: And people that really fight against it is usually because they're fighting against the system. Fuck them in. And it's they've gotta to, got to go and look at that belief system and why ask themselves why do they hate the structure. And often it's self sabotage. They say, I wanna be free, license to be free, to be free. Mm. and then things don't get done, then they can blame that they didn't have time, blah blah blah, they weren't organised. So you've gotta you've gotta re empower yourself and and for me it's like own I just keep quoting books, own the day by Aubrey Marcus. Own the morning, you own the day. And you have those little wins. You you don't hit the snooze. You give yourself that that like little pat on the back. That I got up when I said I was going to get up. I, that's a little win. that's that dopamine rush. Like I can I'm I'm in control. I can do this. And mm. that all stacks.
0: Again, reward system, giving yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. I found I was uh, extremely bad at it, and I had to I have to learn. Mm. Like extremely bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's talk about money, Dollars. let's talk about cash. Yeah. So I know a lot of people who have no idea how to find their purpose, their mission, and how to build a business around it. Mm -hmm. The first step seems hard, finding what I love. The second step, finding who I want to help, finds even harder. And the (laughs) third step, finding how to make cash from it, sounds impossible. (laughs) Uh, So I know because I've worked with you, that you have a really developed process, process on how to study an idea yeah. and see how to make cash yeah. and a living, an income, a sustainable income from that uh, idea and then developing it, scaling it, <laughs> making it become bigger and growing. Yeah. Can you What's talk it, to us about that.
1: From, from the stuff that we've done, what do you think is the biggest key to being able to scale it and grow it?
0: <laughs> it's, I, I'd say, I don't know if that's the right answer, but I'd say a lot of it is uh, understanding the rituals we're talking of are one, <laughs> but you're also talking a lot about knowing how to delegate some of them. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. So you can't yeah. do it all.
1: Yeah. So I'd say definitely the discipline of like doing it and, and setting the plan, having the discipline to create the plan, and so and it's, it's plan week for us, right? It, going through and going, okay, what is the painted picture of success? Whatever time frame you're working towards, going okay. This is the painted picture of success, and then running the lines of what's all the ways I could get there, and and brainstorming it out. Because a lot of people go, oh yeah, I need to do that. I need to just sell more shit, and I sell it to these people, and it might be just pushing shit uphill, rather than looking at what are all the ways. What's the brainstorming? Who could I partner with? How else could I do this? What's the learnings? Um, how do I bring other people in? to be able to achieve this so i think the i'm trying to rethink through your question the the how do you how do you turn the okay i I think this is my purpose and and what i want to do into into dollars
0: yeah
1: is firstly you do have to look at is is there a market for it is this something the world needs um like there is stuff that the world doesn't need that people will buy i don't like to help those companies, I had a great Mm. conversation with Isaac, um, that's bear, um, on the way here this afternoon about Red Bull. Like I love the brand that Red Bull has built in terms of the adrenaline, the, the culture around the brand, but I just can't stand what the product stands for. like what it, like in terms of what it is. And
0: that product got banned and then restored so many times and you're (laughs)
1: uh, (laughs) um, and, and I wouldn't want to help, I wouldn't help an entrepreneur that was trying to peddle a product like Red Bull, right? So I, I, I would much, for people I work with, and hopefully the people, your audience, my audience, it's like, okay, people, humanity plus, planet plus people, going, okay, what does the world need? And yeah. is that aligned to what I say my purpose is? And okay, if the world needs it, is there a value to it, okay? And then when we look at our bigger picture for our life, like it doesn't mean you have to make millions of dollars. It doesn't mean you have to make a company that's got, you know, a 1,000 staff, 100 staff, 50 staff, like, and making all these big dollars. Maybe for you, you just want to be able to provide for your family and say 150 grand is enough for here to have a really good life and to be able to spend time with your kids. And the thing that's most important to you is having – the harmony like maybe it's 24 hours of a week of work so that you can spend time with the family because that's rather core value and 150 grand from say one person is enough abundance to live the life that you want without the struggle to feel like you're you're still doing what you want Very to do yeah. and and that is totally fine so then you just go okay could this business is there enough need in the world that would would generate 150 grands worth of profit? And go, okay, yes or no? If not, then you might have to do it as a side hustle. Maybe you have a skill set, like we were talking for you, maybe you have a skill set of coding. And it may not be what you really want to do right now, But and you really want to do the social impact, but you go, actually, if I do X amount of hours of this, which I'm good at, I can make money, I can choose who my clients are, so I'm doing it with value alignment, but that allows me to work on this which is my purpose piece and my my fulfillment and my true expression of who I am. And then and that is harmony for you. So I think that it's about going is there enough need in the world can it get me can it is there enough need to make me the money that I am happy with to live the life that I want to live and have the experiences that I want to have and contribute the way I want to. Then it's about making a solid plan and going, how badly do I want that? What am I willing to risk? What am I willing to give up? Are you So say you wanted to go deep, full-on, future seeds, that's it. Are you willing to give up how many hours of coding you do a week because everything you say yes to, you say no to? And you go, actually, you know, next six weeks, I'm going to drop two hours every week of this to serve this. And that's going to cost me X amount of income over here, but I'm going to get this over here.
0: I've totally been doing that. (laughs) Yeah, I've totally
1: been doing that. Do you know what I mean? And then it's about making that plan and having the discipline to stick to it. And constantly asking yourself if I say yes to going and laying on the beach because I want freedom at what cost?
0: Let's go a tiny bit deeper into the technical aspects Mm -hmm. of market research and then establishing a plan in which uh, you know you can make this much money from this product, yeah, and you'll need this branding and this system to make it happen. Let's let's talk about yeah. this a little bit. Yeah. Look, so I'm at the stage right now. Let's say I just have the idea I want, and I know who I want to help,
1: mm-hmm. and have
0: a vague idea of the product. That's where I'm at. Let's say.
1: Yeah. So you get a vague idea of the the product. You know what you want to who you want to help. So if it's only a vague idea, that's where I'd be going and doing that. Okay, what does the world need? The people you want to help. What do they need? How and and brainstorming out all the ideas of what what could serve them, and then start literally surveying people. I've seen I've seen people literally standing in the street asking people walking along the street questions. <laughs> hey, I'm starting thinking about starting a business in this. Can I ask you five questions? A lot of people are willing to help. Like if just cool. do you know what I mean? It's like okay, I'm I'm starting a makeup line. What's important to you in in it? Is it the like the packaging, is it the the um, ingredients? Is it the smell? Is it that um, it's got some celebrity Instagrammer
0: How much would you be it? willing to pay for it? And
1: how much would you be willing to pay for yeah. it? Literally, survey your audience. Right. Even if you only know five people, even if you do it as a boosted like an ad on Facebook to get to to get the data that you need. You can depending on how big your idea and how much you're willing to invest, you can get survey companies to market research companies to do this for you as well. But do the research. Test the market. Don't just the the big problem a lot of people get is they are so attached to their idea and they think it's fucking epic.
0: I heard a great <laughs> thing recently, it was like this this big CEO was saying, There are no good ideas. It just doesn't exist. And there's no original thoughts either. As well, you <laughs> were saying because like no one actually cares about your ideas whether you do it and succeed to do it. Yeah, that was one thing, and if it
1: delivers the outcome that you're promising.
0: And the other thing was because he said every time you start with an idea, and on the way, every challenge makes you change what you thought you were going to yeah. do. You never end up with what you set out for.
1: Yeah, so two things on that though I do believe in, like we said, what worked, what didn't work, what do we need to keep, delete, start doing, or you know, what do we turn the dial up and what do we turn the dial down on when we're when we're growing um, and being able to iterate the program. But I am mirror, case in point, of squirreling off doing the things that we should do or taking other people's feedback and not staying focused on something. If you don't stay focused, you never know if it's ever gonna work properly. And I realized for myself, and I said it in my last podcast, that it was my limiting, it was my self-sabotage and my self-sabotage of why I hadn't stayed committed because it, it is so important to me and I know it's my genius zone to do what I'm doing that there was this huge fear of of stepping into it fully because if I failed, it kind of shook who I was at my core of identity, whereas when I did other things, I could use excuses of, well, you know, I, you know, there's other people that do that, or I was just starting out in that industry. I'd only just started that thing, and you can.
0: There's a big vulnerability in being a project leader, a founder. Mm. You really put yourself at risk. Yeah. of, of shattering your own identity.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of a squirrel, but I went through a bit of a crisis actually when I went to iLab. Um, originally was as a student because I had tied my identity to being one of the best recruiters in Australia. And I'd won all the awards in it, and I had, you know, all the accolades and covered the the BRW, and had the investors and all the things. And when I knew I didn't want to do it anymore because it was not value aligned, it was pushing shit uphill, I needed to deconstruct, I needed to burn the fucking bridges to be reborn. But then I was like, ah, uh, that's, uh, that's my identity. And like even people saying to me that I couldn't sell my car because it was orange and I was the orange girl. All
0: right. And, I, know, and I was known
1: and I now I'm white. Um, and was known like this was part of my brand. Like I built this brand, like I deliberately built the brand, but then it was kind of like, holy shit, I'm shook to the core. And, and the reason why I sold my car because it was the last thing that I was hanging on to for my old identity.
0: Wow, okay.
1: And although I said I'd never sell her 11 years down the track, I'm fucking bawling my eyes out of the way waving goodbye. Even the truck driver reversed back with it on the flatbed to beep so I could wave one more time. Oh, it's crying about the car. Is there um, you that code? I fucking love that code. <laughs> um... As I said, the driving of it. Um, It it was the last piece of my identity that I needed to shatter to be able to fully step into who I was becoming. And now I drive a van.
0: (laughs) I've heard that, though. Like, what holds you back is who you are, who you're refusing to become. Yeah. Heard that sentence before.
1: Yeah. So it's... I don't even know what the, I got lost on what the question was because I scrolled off on you. Sorry.
0: Oh, it's all right. We uh, went on a tangent. But, uh, <laughs> I'm good you, at tangents. You just touched a bit on branding, so let's yeah. speak about that a little bit. You said you built a brand. And yeah. I know that you're very good at branding. <laughs> you speak about a lot of different elements of branding, so yeah. let's talk about that.
1: And I said before, like, I don't, I, I'm trying to say no to clients that are coming to me for just, say, LinkedIn or personal branding. But going yes to when it pulls into the bigger piece because every business I believe is built on the personal brand. Mm. Right? Because if we go back to the jobs example, he got a bunch of dudes to walk work in his garage and give up other careers because of his belief in what he was creating. So that that purpose, that mission, those values, but the personal brand he built around himself of who he was and how committed he was to it. Like that is what enrolls people. So when you're first building out your team, it is your your purpose, your mission, your virtues that gets the right people to join you. But if you don't have a personal brand, if you're not getting yourself out there, if people don't know who you are and you're forgettable, you're never going to have someone say, "I'll fucking join you." And I'll and like the the example of the client I gave before, work 80-hour weeks and grind harder than the owner because of the belief if you don't have the brand to get that and bring them in the the attraction in the first place. And you don't need to be an extrovert to build that brand. So the, the, the core thing with branding for me, it it has to be authentic. It needs to be authentically you. And it comes back to your question about who you want to serve. If you're not aligned, to who you want to serve it's going to be hard to make an authentic brain that's going to connect with them that is authentically you right because you're going to be putting out something just because the app it suits the avatar but it's an it isn't what you really believe and who you really are so getting really clear on those those virtues and, and who you are like the tone of voice the the style of communication everything there is what trickles down
0: the clothing style The clothing oh, the style colors. Yep. The-
1: everything everything yeah which is your external brand for your business or your websites and and all of that but also who you are and how you show up and the culture you build within your team if you've got a website that's navy blue and gold and uses really stiff language and very proper but then in the office everyone's got no shoes on and like sitting on bean bags and haven't brushed their hair and there's a disconnect between the brand. And then the minute one of them gets on Zoom with the clients, like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah,
0: right.
1: right? The, the trust is broken. I, I talk about the, the Tinder effect. Like, if you don't look like your profile <laughs> when you turn up in real real life, you instantly, the person feels lied to. And the same thing goes with your website or your company brand to how you actually show up and your team show up. I used
0: to work with this big corporation in Paris and uh, with a bunch of geeks. I love uh, but it was a a big. It was a big business, but there, there was like 20, 30 geeks there and we were allowed to not wear a suit, but we needed to have the suit in the closet in case a client comes in. Yeah, the closet suits. <laughs> I like closet suits.
1: Uh, we used to do the same. We, with recruitment, um, it was kind of like the industry norm to wear a suit. And sometimes when, if you're going to into a big boardroom, especially if you're a younger person, If you didn't wear the suit, unfortunately, you did get the judge. So you know, I'd always keep my pinstripe in the cupboard when we went away from wearing the pinstripes, because sometimes you have to, you have to match the expectation. But for me, then I started going, uh, that's—is that the type of client I want to deal with anymore?
0: Right.
1: And then, but if you change the whole rest of your branding, then you're bringing in the people that are your people, so you don't have to go through that situation. Yeah. Right. But in terms of, of branding, um, really thinking about, if it's, it comes back again to those values and those virtues and how you want to be perceived and what you can do to embody that and then taking it to that next level of how do you exude it but how do you become memorable uh, in any situation? Because if you're not memorable, you're nothing. No one's going to be able to refer to you and no one's going to want to work for you. No one wants to work for Paige.
0: That's that thing of being memorable. Mm. I'm gonna backtrack a bit since I was a person that that didn't work much on self-esteem and patting myself on the back and things. You you gotta, before you're able to accept the idea that you have to be memorable, Mm. you have to work on self-esteem issues Mm. before then. Yeah. And you have to agree to have an idea, uh, an outside perspective on the image that you're giving to mm-hmm. the world which is not how you live yourself from the inside you have to be aware of the image from the outside correct and that's a whole different work that you don't necessarily so a lot of people go through life without doing any of that they don't need to mm-hmm. but then you get into being a founder or business person or yeah. a speaker or whatever and then you get into this whole outside what's my image yeah how do i appear in the world
1: yeah and that comes down to intention, right? What's the intent that you have when you walk into a room, being at a networking event, speaking on a stage? Like, what's the what's the feeling you want to have from the people the minute they see you? What's the emotions you want them to have? What's the, you know, the thoughts that they're running as they're receiving? Because unfortunately, we do ju- judge books by covers. Now, people can be as dressed down, like, look at Branson. Uh, you don't need to be... Perfectly polished to ha- command respect or trust. If your aura and your presence radiates it. Mm. If your if your confidence and your stance says it. Now, some different industries you have to earn was, was not respect, but um, to say very dressed down to to get the to get the respect you maybe need to have your pre- reputation precede you to go, I uh, like I'm the swimsuit CEO. I, I don't wear a suit anymore. I still charge suit wearing prices, but I I don't wear a suit anymore, but I built a brand to get to that. And I've got the credibility right. to get to that. But I also, I do still curate depending on the audience what I'm wearing. You know, I always wear white because that's my consistency key. Mm. People know me like that, but I don't jump on a podcast like this wearing my low cut top because there's a message that gets sent and whether we like it or not, whether it's right or not, that's what happens. And someone will be like, well, do you actually have self esteem issues because you want your tits out? Like are you, or do you, you don't believe in what you're saying you want to focus here or you're just like pouring for likes? Like what, there's this whole background programming. So you think about what is still authentic to you,
0: but it's still going to. It's an important point I thought, when I realized that it was like, well, yeah, whether or not you want it, whether or not you realize it, whether or not you're aware of it, you're, you have an image. In the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, you have a personal brand. Yeah. Your personal brand is what people say and think about you when you're not in the room.
0: Right.
1: When we talk about company culture, your company culture is how your staff and, and whether they're freelancers, whether they're, um, they're VAs, whether they're full-time employees, whether they're volunteers, your culture is how they behave when you're not watching.
0: No video cameras.
1: Yeah. It's what they do when they're not being watched. How, like, do they actually embody the values? Do they behave like you would want them to behave? That's that's what a culture really is. It's not bean bags and freaking pinball pinball tables. Um, the 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 brand you you do really need to think about curating your brand. Like I know people, some people are like, oh, you shouldn't give a fuck and image blah blah blah. But I'm sorry, every one of you walked down the street and judged someone, and you you have a message running and feeding in based on what that person looked like. The biggest thing for me though that I feel can set you up for how you were perceived is not what you're wearing. It is how your energy is radiating, the intent that you've come into, mm-hmm. and the smile or how your face is. I say if you're walking around with a face like a smacked ass, then <laughs> you, like you're gonna have people's back up. Like, do you want people to feel welcoming? Do you want if you want someone to trust you? A act with integrity, but be present. Listen to them. Because if you're, like, downing off all over the place, either they, they probably think you're skirting them, there's something going on. Like, there, there is so much more, the way you stand. But just, like, you know, if you turn up and you look sloppy and you look like a mess, then people are going to think, your, your work's going to be a mess. You don't care. Do you care? So you've got to figure out what is what is the message you want received.
0: Amazing! Thanks for all these answers on branding. That was great. <laughs> no worries. We're getting to the end of this interview, and I just have two more questions for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is, why well, do you have two programs? <laughs> you have the and Blueprint and the Six Weeks Get Shit Done. Well,
1: I don't have those two anymore. What? Funny enough. What? Yeah. So I am back in my genius zone, um, and I do I do have two programs, um, but not those two programs. So the the stuff that I do with with you, which is currently branded as Wetsuit CEO, uh, which is Blissful and Blueprint and the six week Get Shit Done rolled together, that is all around um, working with business owners and entrepreneurs, we from all areas. So getting that, finding out who they really are and that alignment and the the purpose piece. That dare I say it, life coach, designer stuff like that, reflection and and getting true to you, the building of the the personal brand and. And being able to learn how to productize and go to market, and that all all round sort of business coaching, but and and life coaching on the business owner, so that they can step into being that that founder that they really want and need to be to have the success. And then those six week cycles and the plans to hold them accountable and to help them and to build them and to see that through. I have that because I just, as you can see, I fucking love. I just love helping people that are that i think deserve to have the impact that they should be able to get the business to the stage that they need and and to um to to launch and to scale and then my second pro- program it's it's still part of that and you've been going through some of it recently is around building kick-ass teams and so it's that that understanding of the how to how to create a purpose statement and the define the mission the five-year obsession, the virtues and how you build the company culture to be able to scale the business. So a lot of the times that can, that can be done standalone for someone just starting out as a, as a, as a foundations, which I a hundred percent recommend, but it also can be plugged into businesses like the business I'm working, a couple of businesses I'm working with at the moment. One's like they've got a $5 million business and a $1.5 million business and another business that's just starting and then we've got another company that's got 120 staff and they've kind of ended up at this stage and then they've gone oh fuck all the people out of control we've got people that are not in the culture and they never sat down and did the the basics so they they marry together but I've just pulled it apart so that um the people get the focus that they need but my real um the thing that I'm so passionate about right now is getting back to how do I help build businesses based on happiness and, and, and that side of things. But that's the happiness of the founders so that they're aligned to mm. their purpose. Um, but, but building that culture piece so that they're bringing in the right customers, they're bringing in the right partners, they're, and they're bringing in the right suppliers and building the teams that are going to help them generate the income that they need to have the impact they deserve.
0: It's a good segue because my next question is going to be wait for it. What really drives you, Jade?
1: Yeah.
0: Because you came from a different world, world of <laughs> recruitment as well. You went through a whole journey. Yeah. Why did you end up here? What really drives you? Why do you want to be here?
1: Yeah. Um, what really drives me is that I want to, I don't feel like I'm the person that's going to create the movement and like have a cult-like business or Create some sort of like unicorn company. Um, I don't feel like that's my path, but I feel like what I was really like. I say coaching isn't what I it, what I do is it's who I am, and I want to be the ripple effect of happiness. I want to help reduce anxiety, stress, and depression. I want to stop other business owners hitting burnout and being the cause like being like being the negative ripple effect. So I feel that my contribution to the world is if I can help. I, I choose business owners that are building, scaling businesses because they're the ones that have the, like that's where I can help impact a whole bunch of other people. And I loved it. My when we did virtues the other day with my client, they said, Holy shit. We're not just building a better business. We're building better humans.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, We get it. We get it. Like that, do you know what I mean? Like we as businesses, I believe have the, like it's, we have the opportunity to shape the world and change the world, not governments. Like it's, it's, if every single business owner acted with intent and looked at how they could be the ripple effect of happiness and raise the vibration of the world and be more planet plus and be more humanity plus and helped educate people and helped create better, more awakened humans. That's the ripple effect that goes out in the world. Oh, my God, i got goosebumps. So I want to be – this is why I say I want to enable 6,000 people to be happier at work by May 2024 because every one of those people have an orbit of at least five people around them. Mm. And then if they impact those five people, even if one of them steps up into a leadership position – and it re- runs again. That's my ability to help raise the vibration, to make happier households, and to to have more deeper connected humans in the world that are actually living this life, not just fucking existing.
0: It's beautiful. Good vision. <laughs> Thank you. This is a thing we do at the end of every future season. To you, mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask you. Mm-hmm. You got one or two minutes. Uh-huh. If you had one message. To send that to the world. Yeah. You're talking to the entire world. <laughs> no you pressure. You have one thing. Yeah. You want the world to know. Uh huh. Related to what you do. Yeah. What would it be?
1: Um. I'd say the core thing is to remember you're a soul here having a human experience, and to to spend the time to tap into asking, getting in contact with your soul getting rid of the those bullshit rules that society have put on really tapping into what is the experience you came here to have what what does light you up and then how can you help others do that um i say just be a better human be the change that you want to see in the world right don't just keep it to yourself help other people be like really think about coming from that place of alignment of where you want to be and 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 being okay with what's for you. And then if you're building a business, though, like, I'm sorry, get out of your fucking ego, build better humans. Mm. Be the ripple effect. Be the change. And stop, like, expecting everybody else to do it. And come come from a place of love. Love for you, love for humanity, and love for this earth. And if you come from that place of love and you make your decisions from that place, then that's where you'll know whether you're out of alignment and that's where we will start to see people raise It's the intention. So actually I'll, I'll I'll wind that back. I'd say the thing that I want to leave everyone with is that most people have an intention deficit disorder. We're just wandering around being Mm. like in the sway of the world impacted by programming this that the other keeping up with the Joneses like oh, I might have a goal of this and working single focus to that but not actually being intentional about how they're showing up each day and asking themselves like before I walk into my home after a bad day I've had a shit day going okay my intent though is when I'm with my family or with my friends I'm going to be present I'm going to radiate positivity and I'm going to raise the vibration now, if you say that to yourself before you walk in the door versus come in in my negative spiral, I've got shit energy like ah, going everywhere, the difference that that's going to have on everyone around you is massive. If you go before you make a sales call, say, my intention is to have a win-win solution. I'm only going to present this if I feel like it's actually a win-win solution. I <clears throat> I intend this call to go this way. I'm going to show up like this and I'm going to be present. I'm going to listen. You you watch how different those sales calls go. Right, right. It, the problem is people don't set the intent before they take action, mm-hmm. and it, that's a hard practice. But that's the one thing I'd say.
0: Intention defa- deficit. I want yeah, a they have an in-
1: intention deficit. To is that from up. you? No, I wanted. I I think I picked that up from Reverend Michael Beckwith, um, who created um, the spiritual um, organization. I would say. Agape um, a lot of people have heard of Agape um, and he's just he does a lot of work on, on life visioning and um, spirituality and getting in touch with yourself uh, and understanding the stages and states of consciousness I'm, I'm almost positive that mm-hmm. I picked it up from him
0: thank you so much Jade thank you you can find Jade as you may know on www.jadegreen.com.au au. correct
1: yes 100 percent. And uh, all the socials are AU. Right.
0: Beautiful. See yourself for the next episode.
1: Thank you so much, Sip. Bye, guys. Hey there, barrel-chasing business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. What would be amazing and allow us to reach as many business owners just like you would be if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you feel like you got any entertainment or any value out of today, if you could pop on over, that would mean the world to us. See you on the next show.